Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hi, everybody. It's the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm his wife. A drug addict addicted to (laughs) marijuana. (laughs) Don't roast me. I can't help it. Well, we were just driving through many of the uh, the green states. We were in Colorado, and that's where our last episode left off, was our live episode in Colorado. That was a lot of fun. Sold out show, lots of fun, and then you left me the next day. And your family came, and then you guys drove home together in your RV, yeah. and my baby and I went home. Yeah, Natasha and the baby flew home, and my parents came out to meet me, and we drove back. Uh, so we didn't really have many fights to report on because... Uh, I was in the woods with my family. We were in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park and then Arches National Park and then uh, Mount Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park. And if you live by a national park, I'm from Illinois, so I don't know about them because we don't have any there. There are no, we found this out, no national parks in Illinois. But they're so amazing. And they were invented so that everyone could like enjoy nature, which is true hedonism. You think it's hedonistic? so beautiful it's the most beautiful thing there's no architecture like ruining it from the 80s like you go to hawaii and it's like you know all these like terrible buildings all around you every view oh you find hawaii to be pretty aesthetically (laughs) unpleasing i just think that people don't care about aesthetics and they just build like ugly buildings and it ruins things but national parks are like pure nature and so they're so pretty 
We did, I guess, kind of get into a fight because while I was like, I think in the middle of Mount Zion National Park, you started texting me about how the Wi-Fi wasn't working. <laughs> when I was is, home. Which is about as, uh, it's about as direct of a take me out of the moment as I could get. <laughs> it was like, I was I even like made you talk to a representative. <laughs> scaling a, a mountain cliff and I would get a text like, the Wi-Fi is not working. I get a picture of the, I, of the Apple TV not working and I'd say, like, what could I possibly do? By the way... But we Nata- didn't have internet for five No, days. hold on. Natasha told me that somebody at work... She, by the way, everybody, Natasha's starring in a brand new CBS sitcom called Broke that comes out... When does it come out? It doesn't have an air date. Well, they're taping right now, so it's coming out soon. And uh, she's the star of a brand new CBS sitcom, and one of the people at her work came up to her, and I, I know you're listening right now, whoever you are, motherfucker, and said, just so you know, I always agree with you, to Natasha. Well, like, first of all, I just want to say, like, she's the fucking star of the of the sitcom. Like, you, of course he's going to come up to her. Is it a guy? Yeah. Of course he's going to come up to the star of the show, you know. Well, one of, one of one, to be fair, one of four stars. But still, a star of the show. Of course he's going to be like, oh, you know, I, I agree with everything you say. Yeah, okay. Well, guess what? If I was the fucking star of the show, I bet you'd agree with everything I say, too. <laughs> Or maybe my uh, point of view is just makes a little more sense than yours. Maybe it makes more sense. But so let's see anonymous grip or director or executive producer or writer or actor or whoever the fuck you are coming up (laughs) to my wife and saying you agree with her. I'm in a fucking national park trying to reconnect with my parents. You know, they're in the twilight. I was wrong. in that. Hold on. Let me finish. They're in the twilight of their lives. I'm hiking up a red rock mountain canyon. And Natasha's like, can you talk to this fucking <laughs> Yahoo pudding head in Los Angeles he from was AT&T? so unhelpful. I was like, it sounds like you're re- reading me a, like a lawyer. Like, yeah. It was, it was and just then like- your first thought was, let me let me just call <laughs> Moshe into this. I'm like, I can't help you get Wi-Fi set up from a fucking rock in Utah. It was so frustrating, though. And the guy was like, he just kept t- he just kept telling me that I needed an Ethernet cable for my computer and it didn't make any sense to me. And he's like, I always AT&T doesn't doesn't really uh, guarantee any any computer working in your home that isn't connected to an Ethernet cable. Yeah. You also said that he said he'd never heard of a laptop computer. Yeah. I was like, are you telling me, Nick, that you are oh, you going to use- call him out? Oh shit! I Nick. just remember, like, he seemed like a young, cool guy. Young, cool like, Nick works for AT and T in L.A. I think you know who you are. You use an Ethernet cable, and he was like, "Yes." And well, actually, I was that's like, kind of old school. I guess I'm confused. That's kind of like classic hipster style. He's like, "Yeah, I still use Ethernet." Actually, I mean, do people use that? I don't know. Let's get back to national parks. <laughs> I went to on this trip alone, Natasha and I, and my family and I. We went to Black Canyon of. Of the Gunnison National Park. I mean, that was amazing. Which is a which is like a a thirty eight hundred foot super narrow canyon. That I'll tell you what was cool about that. By the way, if you're listening right now, you got to get to these national parks. That's man. what I was trying to say before. I I didn't even know what they were until I was like forty. Yeah, they're they're so unbelievable. They're you have this to like, like hunt them down. They're this like pristine little pause on the destruction of our world. And they're so unbelievable. Every one of them unique in their own way. I know this just sounds like an ad for the NPS, but I'm such an aficionado. We're so lucky that they exist. So Black Canyon of the Gunnison National Park is like a 3,800 foot canyon that is like, unlike the Grand Canyon where you look and you're like, oh, inspired. 
you look at this and you're nauseated a little bit. It's simultaneously beautiful and scary, right? Mm-hmm. We went there. We went to Mesa Verde National Park, which was the one of the best preserved uh, examples of the Pueblo Indian um I guess it would be civilization because it was like we didn't know this, but they spanned like four different uh, four states and two countries. And they were like a trading uh, uh, road of Native American people where they had like built into the side of mountains. These uh, these um, cities. Oh, actually, it's kind of funny because we were walking. Remember, we were walking in Mesa Verde. What you asked that ranger? What did I ask him? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. You were like, hey, do you know where there are any more? Uh, cave dwellings <laughs> a girl is like 19 years old fresh out of like her ba in ecology or maybe doing an internship she's just like um we don't have any cave dwellings here do you mean cliff dwellings i mean it was kind of cool to see like a hipster kind of like really kind of slam you and put you in your place you know i would not call her a hipster well i mean she seemed uh- more like a park nerd <laughs> She seemed like hurt so, that I said that. So for the rest of the day, Natasha was like going up to Rangers purposely no, saying, hey, where are the did, cave dwellings? I just did it once because I wanted to see if that was a thing there that everybody was mad about confusing No, but that. this guy was older. He'd been living there for like 30 but years. he didn't and correct he was like, me. He just didn't care. He no, was like, he he'd, was ta- cool. he'd tapped out. Where else did we go? We went to, I went to uh, Rocky Mountain Telluride, National Park. Aspen. Yeah, we saw it all. But then when you left, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, which was unbelievable. Arches, Bryce. Zion, if you haven't been to Mount Zion National Park, I'll tell you what I like about it. Santa Fe, too. Quickly, I will. Uh, we can wrap this up and take some calls. But, you know, when I was a little boy, we were we were really poor. We were on welfare. And we didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding, honey. Kidding about what? <laughs> oh, oh, a hey, uh, guy at CBS. Do you agree with her take on that? Laughing at we poverty? We were on welfare, too. You were? I just remember, like, nuns bringing us food. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the sound of music. No, I remember them. When my nuns parents got brought divorced, you food. The Catholic nuns came and brought us like big, huge, like ten pound, like baked beans that we had to put in drawers. <laughs> what I are swear you to talking God. about? This is like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, or <laughs> no, whatever. No, it happened. What is her name? Are you there, God? It's me, Fudge. <laughs> no. Are you there, God? It's me, Super Fudge. <laughs> those, oh, those are great books. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, the nun with a pot of beans. Well, no, we okay. No, like listen, canned beans. To be fair, I'm not lying. No, I know you're not lying. Just to be fair, in California, things civilization had evolved just a little bit more. <laughs> so we actually got government assistance, we not just like a sister of perpetual, with <laughs> perpetual suffering, Saint bringing James a pot, pot of beans, saying, but "I'm sorry wasn't... about your divorce and ladling you <laughs> some fat back." No, but you're not listening. It was like industrial sized canned beans, like with like the well, kind you get none? in a cafeteria. I don't know. I just remember that's who was bringing it. Well, I'm not sure that was welfare, but whatever it is, it sounds <laughs> like a children's book for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you there, Margaret? It's me, Bean. Are you there, sister? It's me, Super fu- I bet after you ate those beans, you had some Super Fudge of your own. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Because of poo poo. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So, uh, we were, we were super poor like you, not poor like you. We were not poor in a, uh, in a kind of J.R.R. Tolkien, Charles Dickens kind of way. But we weren't that poor. I just remember that was like, they had, maybe there was more of a community then with like when you belong to a church. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know anything about that. It was every man for themselves and we didn't have a lot of money and my mom wanted for us to have a good time and the way that we could have a good time and not spend a lot of money was she would take us camping. 
And I did that for when I was a teeny little kid and I loved it. And you're so lucky because now you, that's a gift that you're going to hand down to your child. And you've handed down to me because, you know, it's not that easy for people to think they can just go camp if no one's taught you. It's very intimidating. Totally. It can be intimidating. But there is this thing, you know, it's, uh, I'll say this and then I will. And when I say camp, I mean like in an RV. I don't think I could camp on like in a tent. Right. You've never slept in a tent in your life, right? That's no. what you told me on this I, trip. I'm not really interested in that. Well, there's something very cute about it, but it's not super comfortable. I will say that. But I've stayed in a lot of tents. It seems dangerous. What do you mean? Like can't bears eat through a tent easier than through an RV? You think bears eat tents? <laughs> I mean, don't they come to like... Because you said that bears were vegetarians and then that guy corrected I, you. He I was, was like, that's not that. true, sir. I was wrong about that. They're omnivores. Uh, I, you want to tell the bear, the bear joke that we heard on the road in the middle of nowhere in Colorado? Not really. It's not funny, but <laughs> listen up. Why don't we just take some calls? So the guy goes, <laughs> we're, t- we're trying to figure out if we had seen a bear or not. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, well, tell you an old story about bears. There's a guy that was asking a bear expert. He said, are there bears in this park? And the guy, did I already tell this joke on the live podcast? I've certainly heard you tell it three times. <laughs> and he goes, well, there's two kinds of bears here. the brown bears and black bears. And they recommend to people to come into this park that to ward off the bears, you bring bells that you wear on your clothing so they know you're around so they'll avoid you and pepper spray. And uh, and they said, uh, now, you know, when you see the brown the bear scat it looks like a pile of brown actually i don't know how this joke goes to be honest i think i forgot it (laughs) something the punchline is grizzly bear scat well that's got bells in it and it tastes like pepper spray you did not tell that good i I would acknowledge that okay listen this is what i was gonna say my final point here's what i want to know about okay i want to know what you get out of camping because since you love it so much well, I'm obsessed with c- the kinds of activities that combine travel, exercise, communing with nature, and meditation. And when I am in one of those parks, or I am surfing, or I am camping in, a, in great beauty, I feel like, oh, all of those things are happening at once for me. You're a forest bather. I'm ha- I'm having yeah, you were you you you've been studying forest bathing, right? I've been studying the it, j- yes. The Japanese <laughs> art of forest bathing. No, but that's that's what you are in your, you know. Well, there's also this thing where like I feel like poisoned. I feel like we all do, right? Poisoned by the amount of technology in my life, even as I can't stop drinking from the poison well, I recognize that the well is poisoning me. And it's poisoning you faster and faster. Because I'm drinking more and more of it. And there's more water to drink. And when you go to these places, it is like stepping sideways through a portal to some other kind of realm. And And also I'd like to add that everyone's capacity to handle all of the poison is different. Right. Like I'm not, you know, like, Technology doesn't like it really stresses me out. And there's something about being great nature and great beauty that that, that recharges me, and I need to remember that. But here's what I'll say: my final point. My brother, who's a rabbi, he was giving this big talk on Rosh Hashanah about uh, acts of kindness. That was his big recommendation to people to for the year to work on these acts of kindness. And it really was a. Pro- I I really found it kind of like a profound. Uh, idea 
uh, a simple idea, but a profound one. That it's like we're in this world where our, uh, we're supposed to be, uh, you know, we're kind of indulging in our enmity for people that we don't like. We're kind of indulging in in meanness to, especially our political uh, uh, foes, and or you know, you go like, "Fuck those people, make them go down." But that's that too is a kind of poison, and. Um, and then he was talking about like doing these acts of kindness, right? And specifically in his job, he has to go visit um, the sick. That's a part of his job. And he was talking about how he was going to visit this guy that was in the hospital. It was his first sick visit as a part of his like, clergy work or whatever. And he's like dreading it and kind of embarrassed by it and like didn't know if he wanted to do it. And it just felt like so much work and embarrassing and awkward. And he got there and the guy was lovely and they had the great time, whatever. But then when he left... He said that he was overwhelmed with this feeling of like, and I, I don't know if you relate to this, like it's it's not exactly pleasure. Like the internet gives you pleasure. Drugs give you pleasure. Sex gives you pleasure. You know, Burning Man, dancing, you know, watching. So that's like real, just pure hedonistic pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of don't think that nature is pure hedonism because it's like, I like, I lo- and I love hedonism, but it was this kind of pleasure that was like, it was deeper and 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 sh- and sharper and more profound. It was definitely positive. It was definitely pleasant, but it also felt like healing, right? It's like it was almost more medicinal than regular kind of pleasure. And it, you know, when you do a good deed for someone for no reason, you get that kind of feeling of like, wow. Well, that's how I feel sometimes in nature. That this like deep pleasure that doesn't necessarily comport to. Uh, to just hedonistic pleasure it's like this kind of like healing pleasure does that make any sense Mm -hmm. that's why i love it because i feel like i'm taking medicine an antidote to the poison that is society that's what nature does for me that's great and when you sleep in nature you feel it even more potently and when you wake up in nature Mm -hmm. even more so because you're like this is my earth too this is a part of my reality too and that's why those national parks are so great, too, because they're uninhabited nature. Yeah. You know, like you can kind of live in this place for a couple of days where there's not like buildings and industry and everything. It's very Burning Man. <laughs> I guess that's part of what I like about it. And there's something really, really beautiful about, you know, trying not to masturbate <laughs> while your parents are asleep on the, the <laughs> RV couch beneath you. You said you did it. You implied to me that you did. Let's take some calls. <laughs> Okay, we're going to call Nancy in Philadelphia. Hello? Nancy? You okay, Nance? Hi. Yeah, sorry. My voice is a bit scratchy. How Whoa, are you guys? I got to tell you, Nancy, that was the biggest flip from hello <laughs> to the second sentence I've ever heard on the history of this <laughs> podcast. When you picked up the phone, Nancy, when you picked up the phone, I was like, oh my God, we are calling... Like a, a woman that works at a diner in West Philly with like a cigarette dangling from her lip. She's like a 75-year-old near retiree. And then your second sentence, I was like, oh, you're like a fun millennial. You're the only millennial named um, Nancy for sure. Hello, this is Nancy. Yeah. This is she. I was named after a 50-year-old white woman. <laughs> Child. Weren't we all? Uh, what's up, Nancy? <laughs> Tell us your life. What's going on? Uh... So my, I wrote to you guys asking, I just started a new relationship with this guy. I really like him. Um, feelings are strong, but we're also both at a point in our lives where we're making a lot of big life decisions, like 
moving out of the house, me going back to school or dropping out. There's a lot of things. And I guess I'm just wondering how much, because it is, so far the relationship feels like a lot of work. And I think right now it is worth it, but I'm wondering at what point, you know, does compromise become unhealthy for a person and a relationship? You know, how much is a person supposed to just slot neatly into your life and your future? And how much do you have to kind of chip away at, you know, plans that you might have once had in order to make the person fit? Yes, I'm sorry. I, I have your answer. Wow, this is a this is a quick yep. one, Nancy. Dump him. <laughs> Dump him. <laughs> Why? I can just tell from how she's talking about him. She's like, "How much do you have to work?" And you're at separate places in your lives, and how much compromise is really is it worth it? I'm just, I'm just. That's just what I'm saying off the top of my head. Natasha's instinct is that you dump him. Uh, what? <laughs> Don't you kind of want to though? Uh. Yeah, I don't know. We actually had like a come to Jesus talk today where I was like debating it and I was like, oh shit, if I have to call Moshe and Tasha later and I broke up with him, there's going to be nothing to say. But Oh, so you're saying you stayed in the out. you stayed in the relationship with this guy for one extra day just so that we could have a, a juicy call. <laughs> well, Listen. If, I guess if I really should dump him, that's the thing. I, I think you know, part of me wants to kind of make that leap. I, you know, I'm unemployed right now, which is so lame, but I have a lot of time on my hands to put up with bullshit, you know, which I don't know. Well, like, can't I just take that on? Well, here's the deal, in my opinion. It sounds like I'm right. It does sound like you're right. But I, here's what I, I'll say a gentler version of what Natasha's saying. There's this, uh, I always say to Natasha when we're shopping, like for like, like, when she's looking at things to buy, I always say, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And a relationship, I do think, like, should mm-hmm. be fun and be a hell yes. I don't know if you should dump this guy, but, like, I do know that it's kind of troubling when Natasha says, well, do you want to dump him? And your answer isn't, no, no, I love this guy. It's, well, I don't know. I wanted to give you a good call. <laughs> <laughs> also, it kind of no, sounds like you think you can do better for yourself. I don't know that I can do better i agree I mean, nancy well i don't know no i don't know that you could do better either just, i just i mean do better in the sense that like have someone who's maybe slightly more compatible no i don't know if you could do better either based just solely on the way that you answer the telephone i feel like <laughs> that'll get on somebody's nerves eventually <laughs> hello it's nance <laughs> how old yeah, are you nancy most of the time i'm 22 and how old is this guy he's also 22 we actually went to school together back in the day nancy when you're 22 there is no back in the day. That, that, there's no back in the day for a 22-year-old. There's only at I mean, some point great, in the past. In the near past. <laughs> um, so basically, you're young, he's young, and you're both sort of making plans for the next chapter in your life, and you're wondering if you should be in a relationship, doing the work to build a relationship while you want to be young, wild, and free. Is that right? Yes, yeah. I just think he'll tie um, you down. It sounds like you want to travel and explore, and if you guys don't have the same ideas you might, you know, it might hold you back a little. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, you're 22, you're not, this relationship probably, it might be, but it probably isn't going to last forever. But here's some advice that I'll give you from my my old spiritual advisor, who used to, I used to call him all the time, I was dating this girl, and it doesn't sound like you're in this situation, but I was dating this girl, and was like, super volatile. She was like, really abusive and awful, but I was like, obsessed with her, because she was beautiful, and she made me feel alive, and blah, 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 but I really needed out of the relationship, and I would call him, and I would say, should I break up with her? And then he would say, do you want to break up with her? 
And I'd say, I don't know. And he goes, well, what do you want? I would say, what I want is for you to tell me to break up with her so this decision could be made. And he would always say the same thing. Mm. If the bread ain't done, <laughs> don't take it out of the oven. And that meant to me like... I don't get it. Well, I'm about to... I just said that meant to me. So it's, it's going to... I was just like ready for something that I really understood. Well, it's basically that when it's when something is done, you will know. When the bread is done, when it's time to make the decision to get out of a relationship that you know is coming to an end, you'll know. You're not going to stay in a relationship for the rest of your life going, God, I don't know how I stayed in this relationship. When the bread's done, take it out of the oven. Okay, I get it now. Hell yeah. Cool. Does that help? Lest it burn. (laughs) It might burn, Nancy. (laughs) But it sounds like you burned some of your vocal cords anyway, based on how you answered the phone. Hello, it's Nancy. I'm sorry. Good luck. you know, the second part of my... (laughs) Oh, shit. You have a second part. The second question was, I mean, this might be, it seems like it's all going to lead to dumping him, but we're both, I guess, technically addicts. I don't know. I like, we just, we smoke a lot and he used to do a lot of other drugs and stuff like that. And we decided to recently take a tea break together um, for October. And even one week in, like communication has been very tense and irritable. And (laughs) I guess I'm just wondering if it's possible to make it work at all. (laughs) <laughs> so basically you, you're having to be around him sober now for for like five days and you're like i don't think i like him anymore <laughs> uh, 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 it's a, you guys maybe have a point well it's like that old raver joke which is really an old grateful dead joke do you know this one the grateful dead guy what did the grateful dead guy say when he got sober this music sucks <laughs> it's like, it sounds like sounds like what your boyfriend oh, is. <laughs> this guy sucks. But keep taking your tea break, and I think you know what at the this tea break at the end of it, I think you'll have your answer. Yeah, I just think it's gonna there, be pretty obvious. There's no way for you to avoid the answer that you know is coming anyway. You ninety percent of the time, people call this this podcast they already know the answer and i think it's so obvious that you know the answer and it's tea with yeah. honey and ginger to soothe your vocal cords <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks you're nancy right, good right. luck nancy thank you guys so much love you guys you're very welcome we love you too <laughs> she's, what is it october 5th and she's like this guy sucks <laughs> She said no, to hang out no, with him, not, even, not high, and on other drugs for four <laughs> and a half days. Let's take October off from weed. On the fourth, she's like, I don't know about this guy. On the fifth, she's like, something's got to give. On the sixth, she called an advice hotline. <laughs> Which, by the way, why I'm right. At the end of her tea break, we should all take a tea break because it, it's sobriety is like it really makes things clear. Well, I thought she was going to say he's already smoked pot. I did not anticipate her saying <laughs> it turns out he sucks. I'm sure she doesn't think he sucks. If he's listening, sometimes... Nancy was not her real name. There's n- no one uh, 21 is named Nancy. Uh, maybe not. I loved her, though. I hope it all works out for you. Let's play some secrets. How about it? Hey, so my darkest secret is a little messed up. I like to say that I'm fine before I say this. Things are much better now. But I got arrested for a DUI about a year ago in my senior year of college, right after my parents' divorce. Things were pretty bad, uh, really horrible. I blacked out 
that night at a Halloween party, and I blacked in right as I was trying to kill myself. Um, except when I went to read the police report, evidently there were two attempted crashes. I missed the first time, um, which, you know, I'm surprised for the best, but uh, I don't remember anything else from that night except a few seconds from uh, right before I tried to wrap my car around a tree. Also, I was dressed as Andrew W.K., so with a giant nosebleed, which must have made it very confusing for the officer pulling me over. Uh, thank you. See ya. It was so sad, and then it was so funny. I just love the idea of a guy in a blackout. He's like, am I the cause of my mom's divorce? I'm going to die. And then just going, and you know what else? Party all the time. Party all the time. <laughs> well, God, that is such a stark reminder of how scary drinking too much can be Mm -hmm. because it's like all of a sudden your deep dark demon starts to take over and you're not even in control you know you're just like making some horrifyingly life-changing decision thank god that guy's okay and doing better now that's why i think maybe there is something to aa when they say i have no control over alcohol no power over alcohol maybe some people don't some people definitely don't. I don't even know if that guy is, but blacking out. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be too prescriptive or judgmental here, but you should. I think never drink so much that you black out. I've never blacked out. You should never black out. One right. should not have blacked out. And that's, then what's a brownout? That's like half of a blackout. That's when you when you are in an exact same situation as that guy. But you shit. You black. Your pants. But you shit your pants instead of driving to a tree. <laughs> but you have to be dressed as Andrew WK. The party in your pants all the time. I think a brown... So he's better now. He's better now. He's doing better. Good. Thank God. We're glad to hear it. Yeah. And it's like, that's what youth is about, you know? And sometimes... No, it's not. Well, no, but I mean, like, for everyone has their situations that happen. And if it hap- if that's your thing that happens, then you just find your way out of it and you, you know, get better. I definitely almost right? died a few times when I was a teenager, but not because I wanted to die. Yeah, I mean... because I did something stupid. What'd you do? Oh, I've done a bunch of dumb shit. You want me to tell you one of the stories of how I almost died? Let's take another secret. Hi, guys. Um, I'm not going to say my name, but my secret is I saw my best friend's sister in a porno. <laughs> like a real porno on a porn website. Our mutual friend saw it and hit us all with the link <laughs> and said, is this so-and-so's sister? <laughs> And it is, and I am extremely close with their family, and every time I see her face, which the last time was at her baby shower, all I could think of was her biting her own nipple rings, and a dirty situation. Anyway, it's been 12 years since I saw it, and I think about it every fucking time I see her, and that's it. I'm never going to tell the sibling, ever. I'll go to my grave with this because <laughs> I can't burst their bubble about their little sister. But yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, what's so cool about it too is like, I mean, she's right. It's just a funny thing that she's just going to have to deal with. I like that she, the last time she saw her was at a baby shower. She's <laughs> like, mm, I've seen you in a cum shower, but now a baby shower. My, how you have grown. <laughs> I mean, that is the, the thing. The caller seemed kind of like annoyed by it. But I know, because she, she has a burden now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying about secrets. They're a burden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing, the funny thing is... It'd be so hard to not tell people. Well, I guess that's why if you, you look call at a enough, hotline. <laughs> if you look at enough porn, 
you will eventually see someone that if you know enough people and you look at enough porn, you will eventually see someone that you know. It has happened to me. It is. I'll tell you a story. This is a bad one. One time, uh, I told this on David Spade with you, so you maybe have heard this before. Maybe our listeners haven't. I used to go to this place called the Lusty Lady in San Francisco. I've been there. Have you? Mm-hmm. It was the you put fr- the dollar in exactly. You I've put, been there with you. With me, me, you, and Chelsea Pretty went. Really? Yeah, and we talked to the girl. Oh, that's interesting. But I used to go for more nefarious, non-comedy related reasons. You, I would go there. I'd put money in. I would do my business. Really? Yeah. When I was young, that was a thing you would do in San How Francisco. How old were you? I don't know. I don't know. Eighteen, nineteen. And uh, and you went to a peep show and like go jerked to the peep off? show. You jerk off and, and then a- is there a napkin? No, there's no napkin. You just nut on the floor. You know who's down there actually is that uh, that guy's uh, sister that the last caller called in about. She's just down there lapping it up. Do you have like a, a cum rag that you travel with? <laughs> <laughs> like my friends who are moms, they have like a little like snot rag that they, you know, it's almost like a dish towel size yeah. that they ki- keep with them to like keep getting the kids snot. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like you just keep it in like your that. pocket. Yeah, just in case I have to go to a peep show. <laughs> So I did. I, I used to go there. We used to go there. Me and my it's buddy. It's usually like old men there. Uh, well, I don't know. You've been more than once or? I've only been once. Okay. I've been many times. <laughs> and um, you put your quarter in. That's how it works. You put your quarter in. It's and like the, New York in the 70s. And the quarter, the, the, there'd be like a, a window and the window, the, the, the screen on the window would, would slide up for 30 seconds and there'd be a woman there dancing and you would do your business and then you would leave. So I went one time, I put the quarter in. I'd been, I'd gone a bunch of times. Never happened to me before. Put the quarter in. The thing slides up, and right there, spread eagle in front of me is a woman that I knew from AA, and they can see you, and you can see them, and she's fucking spread eagle. Yeah, they open with their legs open. Yeah, so and it's it was not- just like, oh no, what do I do? Like, I make an eye contact with her. I like didn't know what to do. I couldn't just like run away because she could see she would see me run away. So I just kind of like gave a meek smile and waited for the 20 seconds to and it was just like 10, 9, 8 and then finally it just went and the screen finally closed and uh, <clears throat> I put a little extra money in the tip jar cuz you know she's in AA, she's getting her shit together. I have a question. Yes. So right after you come at this place. Yeah. And you're walking down the street like that busy San Francisco street. Yeah. Aren't you feeling like a little gross that you just had to like stop in a building and like jerk off on a woman's like on a glass just to like make it through the day? (laughs) I mean, I guess so. I do think that male and female sexualities are fairly different. Not to say there were no women that would go to the lusty lady because that definitely happened. Can you imagine just like women lining up and then just like masturbating themselves like and no, you know what? I didn't feel dirty about it. It's that's what it's there for. It's there for men to go and get their little jerk on, and women who are in there, by the way, all unionized. I think it's since shut down, but it was the first strip club to unionize. So the women were well paid and they were well taken care of. They were there. They knew what the guys were doing. So no, it was that's what it was for. It was a little place you'd go in, get uh, express your sexuality in a booth, and get the fuck out. Go have a night on the town. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying I have done it. <laughs> and I would probably do it again. All right, let's hear another secret. Um, hi, Natasha. <laughs> um, my deepest secret is that I have had sex with probably every single one of my friends and have given at least three of them an STD. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I consider myself a good person, and I told them about it. It was all curable, so they're alive. They're fine. They're I'm not alive. a bad person. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's the last thing she said? I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I mean, the only reason she would be a bad person in this scenario is if she knew going into it that she was going to be giving them this But STD. she said she told them. She said she told them after the fact. She must be so hot. Every single one of her friends, she's <laughs> fucked. The girls, the guys, everybody wants to fuck her. She's, she's so like the prettiest just, person in her city. Just addled with gonorrhea. <laughs> just just up to her eyeballs in gonorrhea. But God, is she a beaut. <laughs> well, we don't think you're a bad person. And the more, you know, the more... But you have to tell people, for sure. She did tell people. I mean, the only thing that would be... It wasn't clear if she told them all. <laughs> the only thing that would be potentially evil in that situation is if she knew before she slept with them that she had the std she said she gave at least three people gonorrhea did she say gonorrhea oh okay she said it's curable so i'm thinking she's like they're alive gonorrhea right but it felt like i don't know i just want to make sure that did she really have that conversation three times in every (laughs) three of the time at least three of the times the guys were like okay would you, if, if a girl was really hot and you were super attracted to her and she was like, I have gonorrhea, would you fuck her? Definitely not. Well, she's, I mean. No, but I will tell you, speaking of that bread isn't in the uh, in the oven, situ- girl. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you, I would call the guy and say it's bread in the oven. He would say, if the bread ain't done, don't take it out of the oven. That very girl, the first time we had sex, first time we were sleeping together, we were just in bed together and she like totally came on to me, totally we had sex on her urging unprotected and then afterwards she told me afterwards she had an std yeah that's rude i was like don't you think you should have fucking told me wait this do you have an std this was 20 years ago but don't they lie dormant or something <laughs> i don't know what I, was it i've gone through which full, one i've gone th- it was aids and i've t- gotten tested and it's fine she she died five years ago no, she alive. Tell your sexual partners about your STDs. Absolutely. And always wear a condom and, if you're not in a relationship. And get I, tested. I think. I would. Get tested. Oh, wear a condom. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, right? Absolutely. Shit. Okay, can we have another secret? Uh, Yeah. So my secret is that my dad is, in his old age, has kind of become aggressively difficult to deal with. And has been kicked out of three assisted living homes and insists on living alone, even though he doesn't take care of himself and has burned bridges with pretty much my entire family. And I just secretly want to stop worrying about him and kind of wish he would die. We're a comedy podcast, and uh, no, that's, that's that was so he- hard because that's, that's he's being very honest. I, We've all wished, you know, wished things could be easier for us, and sometimes something that dark could be the answer. I, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, was thinking during before you said your big, you know, the the punchline at the end. I bet he wants, on some level, for his dad to die, and like there's, I just. It's funny, the last person who was like, I'm not a bad person, I'm kind of like, well, no, she's not. But I I just would say to you, you're not a bad person. That desire sounds so unbelievably natural, don't yeah. you think? Like, it doesn't mean that you 
are killing him or like that when he dies somehow you mystically you know it's like it is the most natural thing in the world to just wish that this whole thing would end and i'm sure you also secretly wish that he would live and the truth is even if you wish it will end you can't really control it so you might as well just like live you know in the reality and try to like live these last moments with him or however long it is and just you know appreciate it and then hope for the best yeah and like you're not responsible for your thoughts you never if i was responsible for my for my first thought i would be convicted of murder and uh, every other unseemly crime in the world you know so there's nothing there is absolutely nothing wrong with the impulse of your mind uh, what is what you're responsible for is the second uh, thought and the first action mm-hmm. and we and to be fair we at the endless honeymoon podcast also wish that your father would die <laughs> Okay, one more. Out of support. Hi, Moshe. Hi, Natasha. So my big secret is that I slept with my cousin to cause a rift between her and my (laughs) ex-wife. And not only was the sex great, but it worked. I don't like his vibe. You don't like his vibe? so glib. He was just so happy about it. I I, I pictured him wearing one of those like... um, one of those like foam hats that a that a riverboat captain would wear, and like having a cane and just like clicking his heels together. And guess what? <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Wait. So he said that he slept with his cousin to cause a rift between her and his ex-wife. And it was great. And it was great. And he said sex, it worked. And it worked. The rift. The rift occurred. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's so funny how... Wait, so he slept with his cousin and then had to tell everybody? I don't know That's what... That's kind of embarrassing to, you know, admit to incest. I would like to Certainly know more. shameful in not societal terms. Not term. to that happy young chap, <laughs> that happy-go-lucky fella. <laughs> Did he say first? I mean, first is third cousin that different than first cousin? I don't know. First cousin... Isn't it, that like what royalty would do is just like... By the way, apparently... Marry they say, third cousins? They say sleeping with your cousin is not uh, this whole idea of like having like mutant children that's totally not true apparently especially in second and third cousins but that's not what he was doing he was doing it to cause a rift and it worked (laughs) (laughs) right but why would you like go that far i don't know that's one of the things i i think it's so funny (laughs) listening to some of these secrets the lengths to which people will go rather than attack a situation head on you know it's like you have a situation. You're so right. You can't deal with the situation. So you're like, I'm going to fuck my cousin. <laughs> but dealing with the situation directly would be so much less impact than having incestual sex with your cousin. It would be so much less difficult. But you know what? The sex was great. And you know what else? It worked. It worked. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for calling with your secrets. I don't think I have a secret. Really? I don't. I don't think I do. Me neither. next we're going to call aziza in chicago let's call aziza in chicago i feel like you're kind of feeling your voice mosh i like my voice I've always liked my voice. You know, one time I did an audition and at the end of the audition, the, the, the casting guy goes, have you, you have a great voice for uh, voiceover. I'm like, that is not what you want to hear at the end of a on-camera audition. 
It's like, you know what was good was the tenor of your voice. Your face, it looked busted. Your voice, it buttery. Hello. Hi, is Aziza there? Yes. Hello, can I please speak with Aziza, please? <laughs> Speaking. Aziza, hi. Hi, my name's Natasha Legero. I'm calling with my husband, Moshe Kasher, from the podcast, The Endless Honeymoon Podcast. And we wanted to see if you had anything you wanted to talk about. Yes, I do. Um, can I first say that I am a very big fan of both of you all can and I, your work? Um, can I ask you who you're a bigger hmm? fan of, whose work you're a bigger fan of? It's equal. Exactly equal? That doesn't, that does not it, track. Ex, ex, <laughs> There's no way. It's exactly equal. If you had to gun to your head, somebody's like, listen, choose now or your whole family goes. Who do you choose? Would you let your family I, die? I gotta let the, I gotta let the family go. Yeah. <laughs> I like you, Aziza. I like you a lot. <laughs> What's happening? So, um, it's about a situation that my sister is going through. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my sister's boyfriend of seven years told me and my parents that he plans to propose to my sister in three months. And like everybody was on board and all cool with it. But just a couple of days ago, my sister calls me and tells me that she's like not sure about her relationship and thinks that she may have to, she may have like put too much energy into the wrong person. But like right now, I'm like the only person that knows about both like the proposal and like the doubts that my sister is having about the relationship. And I've tried to like give her the best advice that I could as a person that who that's never like actually been in a very long term relationship. So I was wondering like what advice you could possibly give me to relate to her. Okay, first of all, I've got advice for you. That's really hard. You can get directly involved, Aziza, and just try to fuck that guy. And then if he fucks you, then the whole situation goes away. You tell your sister, right. you know what? I mean, you might no longer have a relationship with your sister, but to be fair, your sister was going to die in the example that we gave earlier with a gun to your head. You're going to have to choose between Natasha and me. So exactly. she's out of the picture anyway. So yeah. you you smash and then you, you smash the whole thing. I have the answer. What do you think? Well, I think your sister confided in you and it's kind of like, you know, it's she's kind of like. Uh, what's the word? You know, she's kind of crying out to you, you know, and I think that you're the only one who she feels she can say this to, but I think you should encourage her to go with her gut and her gut seems to be to postpone some engagement, you know, so she can really be yeah. sure. And I think it sounds like she needs a little more time. So, you yeah. know, it sounds like you should encourage her to kind of follow what she's thinking. But don't go too hard, Aziza, because I have had the experience. My friend, I, I, they will remain nameless. My two friends um, were in a relationship and then they broke mm -hmm. up. And then um, the girl in this relationship uh, who broke up with her man said to another friend of mine, oh, me and so-and-so broke up. And the girl was like, oh, thank God. I always thought that guy sucked. And I'm so glad you're not with him anymore. Well, long story short, the two got back together. They're now married with three children. And my friend and that girl are no longer really close with each other. So you, you get yourself into a sticky situation when okay. you're like, fuck that dude. He sucks. Get out of that relationship. And then she ends up marrying him. Then you got to have the awkwardness of having talked shit. But you're not even asking for advice. Right. You're not necessarily asking for advice for you. You're asking for, no. for de facto uh, transferred advice, what you should say to your sister. And I think that what you should say to your sister is, uh, if she's not sure, 
if she wants to marry the guy and she's not she's having second thoughts that what she should but she's also not ready to break up with the guy that she should just tell him let's do a promise a promise instead it's not an official engagement let's do a promise and we'll do a year and by the time the year is out the, t- she should tell the guy to propose to her in one year because I guarantee she'll be out of the relationship in less than a year. So she should just tell him. I, I. But then you're like leading him on kind of. And then what if she wants to get out in like two months and start dating other people? But she just. Is, is that the right? sister. Is that right? She doesn't know if she wants to get out, but she doesn't know if she wants to commit to a proposal. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a weird situation because that's her. They're both for each other's first relationships. They're their first like anything you know what i mean so i feel like she's kind of scared to get out of this i don't know if she's not wanting to leave out of fear or out of like genuinely like feeling still attached to this person well yeah emotionally yeah i mean i yeah i guess what i would say to the to if it was my sister telling me that is like there's it's a much bigger much bigger harm to a person to say yes to a proposal that you know you're going to break off than it is to tell him i don't know if i'm ready mm-hmm. for a proposal you know what i mean well but she doesn't know that he's gonna propose you know what i mean oh so. oh i see hold on aziza you're saying that the guy told you i'm <laughs> thinking of proposing and your sister told you i'm thinking of pressing the fucking eject button getting out of this relationship in so many words yeah <laughs> oh shit so you're you're like yeah. stuck in the middle I mean, you're yeah, obviously... She doesn't talk to anybody about her relationship. Here's what I think you should do. You should tell your sister that he's thinking of proposing. Mm-hmm. And if she needs to get out of the... Rela- that he told you that. Betray his confidence. Because he's nobody. He's going to be out of the picture in like a month and a half. <laughs> your sister you're going to have to stay with forever. you got to tell your sister. Yeah. He's yeah. about to propose. So if you're having second thoughts about this relationship, you need to put the brakes on it right now. Because he told me directly, I'm about to propose to your sister. And if you don't want to break this guy's heart further and embarrass him further... Yeah. Put the kibosh on this now. That's what you need to tell her. But then just by her telling the sister that, that makes the sister, what if the sister is more passive? Then she's got to tell the guy, I'm not going to marry you. I heard you were going to do that. So maybe what she should do is (laughs) tell the guy to not ask her. (laughs) This is the, we're the worst. This is the worst advice we've ever given. Cause what a tangled (laughs) fucking web. So you're saying your suggestion is to don't say anything to the sister to betray her sister. Go to the boyfriend. No, she should tell the sister and say, I'm totally I don't know. It's hard. No, I like what you were saying earlier. Betray your betray your sister. Go to the man. I mean, kind of don't propose to her because she's been expressing doubts in the relationship. No, I would say (laughs) I would say to the guy, listen, I don't think that's a good. I think she's like, you know, going going through. You know, she feels very young. I don't know. I would just hold off. My instinct would be to hold off a little and then tell your... I don't know if she should tell... You don't want to say anything to the guy, though, before... Here's the real situation. Aziza, you have to get out of the, being in the in the middle of this threesome. I mean, I know <laughs> you are in the worst position ever. You're like the sec- the secret holder for both sides. I, you know yeah. what, what I might do? I might do what Natasha said. If, don't betray your sister. I might tell the guy, you know what? You might want to just chill on this proposal for a while. And just, you might just want to do that. 
And then does yeah. she tell I her sister? God, this is hard. Because you also don't want to yeah. feel like you have like private conversations with this guy about your sister. I don't know how close you guys are, you and your sister. We're not close. <laughs> You're not close <laughs> to your sister? Are you? <laughs> not me and my sister, me and the guy. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying you were close. I would love it if you were not close to your sister, but like, well, what about the guy? Oh, that's my heart. I love that man. <laughs> this I, is the most complicated call I think I, we've ever. I gotten. know what she should do. Okay. She should she should tell the guy the thing you said. I would just hold back a bit, and then you should wait a week, and then to try to talk to your sister a few times, see what's up, and if she mentions anything, maybe you just tell her. Because you guys already started talking about it. Nah. No, she should just talk to the sister. I first. think <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> advice ever. But Aziza, this is the most complicated. This is more of a of a moral conundrum. Here's what I think you should do. Yeah. You should go to your sister and you should say, You gotta tell your sister the truth. Just say, Well, he just came to the family and it's your sister. Fuck this guy. Just say, he just came to the family and said he's gonna propose to you. Do you want me to tell him? I can tell him on the under. Like, hey, I think you should maybe chill on that for a while. And that'll give you a little bit more time to sort out your feelings. And then you can figure it out. And then once you do those two transactions, tell your sister that he said he's going to propose. And then if with her permission, go to the guy and say, actually, don't propose just yet. I don't think she's ready. At that moment. Move. A, a, yeah. Move. <laughs> Get out of Chicago. We have an apartment here in our house. We have a little extra like an in-law suite and you can come live with us. And we'll equal, we will come down and perform for you equally. But no, I, I was going to say, get out of this situation. Yeah. Absolutely extricate yourself from this. Let us know what happens. What are you going to do? Wait, Aziza, I want to know before we let you go, what what was your instinct? What do you think you should do? I was just going to give her advice and hope that she, like, will work it out. But, um, I mean, I, I really do want to, I kind of do want to tell her just because I feel like I should let her know that so she can make a, a better decision about the situation versus just leaving her in the dark about everything. about Because uh-huh. they're so, like, on two different like wavelength at this point 100% and the only loyalty that you owe anyone in this situation is your sister when someone tells you a secret mm-hmm. that's not close to you they're just handing you a burden and saying hold this burden for a while and if you don't know that <laughs> you're not close to that guy it's like not that you hate the guy but don't take that burden tell your sister and encourage your sister to like go off and find her you know dream life mm-hmm Okay. Well, did, thank you all. Did we help you at all? You really did, yeah. Oh, good. I haven't talked to anybody about this yet. So. <laughs> we were we were pretty confused, but I think we I think we're right. I think you owe it to your sister to t- give her that information that you have because that will be the most empowering thing that she can get in this situation. She doesn't know what to do, but now she has to make a decision, and she doesn't know that she has to make a decision. And you have the information that she needs to make that decision. That's what we think. Right. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Good luck out there, Aziza. And thank you for liking us equally, even though I suspect you actually like Natasha slightly more. Thanks, Aziza. (laughs) Thank you all. Bye-bye. That was a mind fuck. Our fans are so young. Who are all these 21-year-olds? That was a real mind fuck. I mean, what what a perfect, funny situation to be in. Where you are the you are the one holder 
of information between the two people in a romantic relationship and you could do anything and you could blow the whole thing up. I'm just thankful that that person clearly has very good judgment and taste based on who she likes in comedy. So she can handle this situation. I know uh, why all these 21-year-olds are calling in. Why is that? Because they see us as elders and we have such good advice. Exactly. And they're also at the time in their lives when they need advice. Like, I don't know when the last time I went to somebody with relationship advice because I sort of feel like I got knocked upside the head so many times figuring this stuff out. Like, I've been in 20 relationships and you've had sex with 4,000 women. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like we have, like, a lot of advice. Right. Folks, if you liked this episode of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast or all the episodes of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, five-star us, leave a review, and tell a friend about this podcast, your favorite podcast, the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Hey, Tosh. Yes. Love ya. Love ya.